Let's hey, see good, how can I... Good morning, yeah, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. Uh, my name's Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlborough, Connecticut. And hi, my name is Baruch, and I have this cool on-air sign, and now we are officially on-air. How could it let? Well, yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Baruch, developer advocate with JFrog, broadcasting you, I think, for the first time from Sunnyvale, California, because we have a new office, which oh, is yes. really cool. And yeah, it is still decorated for Halloween. Either that or you've got a real cleaning problem. Yeah, now it's Halloween. It was actually clean out before, but it starts to look like it's actual, <laughs> actual spider web. Um, well, yeah. So, hi everybody, uh, welcome to the show. I think in our last podcast, you were in the process of moving to that new building. All right. Yeah, that was the day we moved. Actually, we recorded it last time. Yep. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, plus, we're going to—I guess—we're going to have to update the show notes to move you out of Santa Clara and put you into Sunnyvale, right? Yep. You'll have to take care of that. Um, I have gotten in the habit now. I'm starting to put a link to the show notes inside the actual podcast blurb. Fortunately, that'll show up on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, it'll show up in the uh, audio version as well, or I, I can paste it in there. Um, we'll start with the fact that we've got several new releases for the Grails framework that came out in the last couple of weeks. They've got a 3.2.1, which was followed almost immediately by a 3.2.2, and then they're still working on the older one, so they put in a 3.1.13 as well. This has added a little bit more into the GORM 6 support. It's up now up to GORM 6.0.2, as well as having some initial support for cores, uh, which I suppose would be very useful for any JavaScript front end. Um, any what, what is course? What is course? Oh, it's a. I believe it's a way around um, the uh, single origin policy for JavaScript. It allows you to uh, communicate with a uh, an app that is um, at a different location through JavaScript. Um, here, I'll just Google it real quick just to make sure I have it. Origin resource sharing. So it allows restricted resources on a web page to be. Requested from another domain outside the domain from the, where the resources originated. This is used a lot by people who do front-end work when they're trying to test something because uh, you have to be able to access back-end resources that are not necessarily on the same server when you're trying to put these things together. Uh, I didn't do a lot of that myself. I'm not really good at the front-end stuff, but I, I'm aware of it, and it's something that's used by a lot of people. Uh, so it's uh, very helpful for, for uh, Grails to have that type of support built in now. Along with that, apparently uh, they have introduced the first initial Angular 2 profile. They've had an Angular 1 profile for a while now uh, as part of uh, Grails 3. So now they have a, an Angular 2 profile because Angular 2 just version, I think it was about a month ago or less, right? That's That's been very recent. People can't hear you when you nod. You're still not going to say anything. Okay. Um, any rate, they they also brought yeah, in. Yeah, I know. So, but I'm I'm a least front end developer than you. For me, what I know about Angular 2 is that eventually it will be out. They break stuff. Uh, people disappointed. They're on to a new web framework, and that's more or less all my knowledge about Angular 2. Okay. 
Um, well, Angular 2 is, of course, the next generation of Google's Angular profile. It's a, uh, not a profile, pardon me, the JavaScript MVC framework from Google. It was very, very popular in large part because it's from Google. Uh, other competitors were like Backbone and uh, several others. Uh, React is a big one. Uh, everything reactive is hot right now. Uh, Ember was another big one for a while. It's also pretty, still pretty popular. And you know, there's generally a new JavaScript MVC framework out every week, or at least there has been. But Angular yeah, was. Yeah, really yeah. I mean, it's quite understandable that the Grails people added that profile in because that was uh, something that was going to be significantly in demand, uh, no question. So at any rate, it's nice that they have a profile for that now. Uh, I also yes. noticed, and I, I saw this when it came out, but I haven't had a chance to try it out yet. They finally added a plugin for Java 8's new uh, date time API, the one that's built into Java 8, which is just a variation, a small variation on uh, the old Jota time library. Well, yeah, it's a completely rewrite actually, but the API look um, look pretty much the same. So you're saying that the wait a minute, are you saying that uh, the Java 8 Date time stuff is a rewrite of Jota time? Yes. Uh, so the whole idea was when it was proposed to Java 7 is just, you know, rename of the packages and and it, and, and, and it's done. But when Stephen Colbron, uh, the, the author right. of, uh, of Jota time, was uh, starting to write a specification for it because it should be backed up by, by GSR or G, G, JEP or whatever it's called, right. uh, he discovered there are a lot of... Um, I would say gray areas in the design of Jota time uh, and in some point of time he decided that he will rewrite the whole thing from scratch kind of learning from his mistakes and also a uh, shelving up all those uh, uncertainties in the um, uh, in the specification building it specification first as it should be when it's part of the language and it was from a much more effort than he expected it to be, and that's one of the reasons why it was postponed to eight. Uh, so it is a completely new um, code base, uh, more efficient, performs better, the API is more robust or whatever, and there are no gray areas anymore. I've, I've been playing with it uh, a fair amount in the past few months, just as I've been working more and more with Java 8. But I never really spent time on Jota time, or some people pronounce it Yoda time. I'm not sure exactly which. At any rate, I, I don't know how it changed from what was out there before, but I've been very happy with what I've seen in Java 8. I mean, I, I really like it. Uh, all the objects are immutable. There are no more public constructors. They have factory methods like now and of. Uh, they have local date, local time, local date time, and then zone date time that works all over the world, including uh, auto-correcting for daylight savings and everything. It's just a very, very powerful API. Uh, I'll be interested to see that now that it's part of Java 8 proper, whether the Groovy people will decide to JDK to start adding some you know, grooviness to that particular API. Right now, I mean, you've got plus and minus methods and date and things like that, but we don't have anything in local date, local time, or local date time. Right, and and, and generally taking deprecating the old uh, 
additions to the original Java Data API in favor of uh, maybe adding uh, a little bit of GroupDSL on top of uh, Java 8 daytime makes a lot of sense. You know what? That's another on this long list of what we expect mm. from Groovy. And uh, the good news are, of course, that now with Paul on board working full-time on, on, on Groovy, hopefully we'll get some items from this list stock out. Probably should talk. That. That's Paul King, of course, one of the yes. major committers for the Groovy language, who's now full-time at OCI. Uh, essentially full-time. Uh, I know there's a transition period where he wasn't... Uh, I was talking to Jeff Brown about that, and apparently he had to wind down some existing commitments and ramp up over at OCI like anybody would. So I, I don't know when he officially becomes a full-time employee there, but he will be working hard on Groovy there. You definitely need to talk to him and find out... Well, we'll talk to him at the G3 Summit, right? You'll be we there, will. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk to him there and find out what his priorities are, what he's planning to do, you know, uh, while he's there, what he's going to do in support of Grails and what he's going to do just for the language itself. Just be interesting to, to get his uh, perspective on all of this. Um, so what anyway, I, what I do know he's up to now, and that's something that um, I try to help him as much as possible, is uh, getting all of the release process on track aligned wow. with uh, Apache requirements, of course. Less manual work, more automation, and uh, that's what we are on to those days. I, I guess he has tons of other stuff that he's taking care of, but that's what I know. Well, that's good to know, because that's... Um, I know that's a much more complicated and lengthy release process than what they had before, and I know that they've got changes already in mind for 2.4. I suppose it'll be eight, and there's even some discussions I know about 2.5 at this point, but I don't know what the actual plans are. Maybe by the next time we have a podcast, it will already be in process. Yep, I hope so. Okay, well, uh, that's for Grails. You know, all of those are out. None of those are major changes to the underlying API, but they are significant improvements. Gradle is um, in the process of setting up a release candidate. I don't know when 3.2.0 is going to be official, but between the time we talked and now, they've got a release candidate 1 and 2 are both out. And it looks like a lot of the work associated, pardon me, associated with that was uh, under the hood stuff regarding performance and particularly large builds and things having to do with native builds. And Again, it's not really things that directly affect users uh, in terms of an API, but will definitely impact people who work on large, complex Gradle builds uh, on the back end in terms of speed and performance. Yeah, so, yeah, I, understand so I understand. Oh. Wow, we have an wow. echo. Hmm? We have an echo? No, you're doing fine. Um, I'm not hearing an echo. Oh, okay, that was strange. Um, I said that, yes, that the, the, all the latest releases of, of Gradle are, are about performance. I guess they have their reasons for that. We are still waiting for the new uh, model. How do they call it? Component model, right? Right. Now, they're still working on, uh, or they're still releasing new features regarding composite builds, and I know they're, they're still uh, very much recommending their, their build scan mechanisms and technology. Uh, I happen to download a fairly recent version of the Spock example project only to discover in the Gradle build they had the plug-in for doing the 
um, the, the build scan. I mean, I did that myself once, but I think it may actually be committed and everything. Uh, at any rate, so all that is growing and, and very interesting. Yeah, and also an item that you should take, uh, being uh, Kotlin, Con, uh, Kotlin Can, is that they had a blog post about the roadmap to support of uh, Kotlin uh, in, in Gradle. Uh, what will be supported in which release candidate all the way to the official release that is supposed to do everything. Um, and uh, they have this um, uh, build script that they are um, supposed to end with uh, when the, the full DSL will be supported. It looks exactly the same as the, as the build script now with Groove DSL. Well, I like the groovy aspect of it at the moment, so I'm not wildly eager to adopt all that, but I will look at it as it becomes a... a yeah, I will keep our eye open and, of course, wait for them to fail, naturally. <laughs> well, I'm also a big fan of uh, IntelliJ IDEA, so I know that that will be supported in there and that'll be a big feature of it, so it'll be interesting to see how that ultimately uh, integrates and, and works out. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just kidding. Of course, we wish them all the best, and, and I guess we all... Uh, are kind of in an expectation of the next big uh, language, right? And and if Kotlin will be that language, I think we will be more. Uh, all of us will be more than happy because why not? Well, we'll see. Uh, yep. At any rate, oh sorry, anything else? No. Okay. No, no go ahead. I uh, also noticed the Rat Pack people had a couple of new releases. Uh, they did a 1.4.3 and then a 1. 4.4, very quickly after, which was mostly just uh, bug fix related. Uh, it had to do with some memory leak issues. On the 1.4.3, uh, again, it was mostly uh, issues with memory leaks and incorrect decryption of client-side session values. Uh, neither of these were major issues, but they are helpful. It's definitely a good thing to upgrade to uh, take advantage of the, the bug fixes in there. I also... Um, I know it's it's not till later, but Mr. Hockey has been active again, and one of the things he talked about was, uh, you know, he has his Rat Pack series, and in his Rat Pack series, he had a blog post on, uh, what do you call it, creating pairs from promises, and what I, what struck me from that when I was trying to read through it is that, I mean, I've been playing with Rat Pack off and on, mostly off, but off and on for several years now. Every time I go away from it for a while and come back and look at tests there, they all look different. <laughs> the API changes and everything. Uh, I know they keep getting better. Uh, at any rate, so there's an example, and they have uh, embedded apps and a Groovy embedded app inside with a closure, and they're able to build everything up beautifully and do uh, uh, a lot of a lot of power in there. And I'm, I tend to use uh, Mr. Hockey's Rat Pack series as a way to get back into that, uh, in addition to uh, Dan Woods' you know learning Rat Pack book. Yeah, now that's uh, they they move forward in a very impressive pace for for open source projects that uh, you know none of them uh, work on it full time, and still they manage to deliver tons of features with uh, great releases, and that's thanks to the great team. Um, they have great people and Dan Woods for some reason. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, and they also, uh, of course, uh, they have a Slack channel, 
so that if we have yes. questions about Slack oh, channels. Oh, we have a lot of news about Slack channels. Right, which reminds me, why don't you talk about it? Because I forgot to put it in the show notes. Yes, so one of the big news that actually happened from the community perspective around grooving those uh, three weeks uh, was uh, the Slack channel, a uh, Groovy Community Slack channel. And I think you should go to groovycommunity.com to get registered and get invited to the Slack channel. Um, there are channels for uh, for everything that, that we love, uh, Redpack, Endgrails, and um, Groovy language itself. There is a very nice channel in which you can follow all the tweets about Groovy and, of course, go and retweet and uh, do some uh, good job in this regard as well. Um, I opened up a channel for Groovy Puzzlers. I have no idea why I did it, because you are not supposed to actually post the puzzlers in this channel, because otherwise they will be spoiled. But I guess it's just, you know, to be able to speak about it. And for all our three viewers and four listeners, I encounter you to, I, I encourage you to submit puzzlers because frankly speaking season four now is in jeopardy it's like you know all the politicians that asked for money before the elections because otherwise they will lose it's exactly with the same with groovy puzzlers if you want donate we will lose they will be no fourth season for the groovy puzzlers and that of course will be a disaster so help us make groovy puzzlers great again and if you have puzzlers, send them our way to puzzlers at jeffrey.com or just ping us at this new channel in the Groovy Slack and we'll take it from there. I was dearly, if not desperately, hoping to get through this whole podcast without any mention of the elections. No, uh, you know, you know, it couldn't happen. I, 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 did, I wasn't optimistic, but I was really hoping, you know. <laughs> I just cannot wait. I mean, right now it's just a, a matter of survival to make it to next Wednesday, you know. And and the real <laughs> tragedy is, of course, is that if if uh, if it hadn't been for the founding fathers, it would have been the first Tuesday in November. But unfortunately, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday, which means we still have six days to go. Uh, but it's even worse than that, by the way, uh, because on Sunday in the U.S. we go back an hour. We go back uh, from back to standard time from daylight savings. So, in fact, we have an extra hour to live through this nonsense before it's all at least over. Or maybe not over, but before it moves into the next stage, whatever that stage may be, at least the election proper will be over. Yeah, and uh, what I heard is whoever wins, we get back an hour on Sunday mm -hmm. and then many years back on on Tuesday. <laughs> well, and the Cubs are uh, Game 7 of the World Series tonight, and the Cubs winning the World Series is supposed to be uh, another sign of the apocalypse. So okay. it is all building toward the common conclusion. Hopefully that uh, – well, I'll probably would form anyway just to see what happens. So. Yeah, so as I mentioned, Season 4 is a jeopardy. Either it will be apocalypsis or we won't have another, enough puzzlers. In any way, it will be bad if you won't participate. So we'll have to maybe, of course, you could recycle some old ones and people wouldn't even notice. No, we, we, are, we cannot do that because all of the people in the world already so memorize and know those puzzles by heart. Well, I imagine at the G3 Summit, you'll see lots of people there who could potentially offer puzzlers. Uh, so Yes, so, so course, I really hope 
I really hope so because and and look at the smooth transition that I make here. A couple of the groovy conferences next year already have the CFP open, and that's about time us to submit the puzzlers, and we don't have enough puzzlers. And talking about that. A great conf in India, in New Delhi, the CFP of course is open and the ticket, the registration is open. It's in January and then great conf you uh, in uh, end of May, beginning of June next year, um, if the apocalypse will be postponed of course, uh, the CFP is open as well and I really want to submit those puzzlers, so give them to me. I think the uh, GreyConf in India, I thought I saw on Twitter, they extended their early registration for an extra week. So I think you have until uh, about the middle of November to register for that early. So hopefully that'll work. Here we go. Uh, while we're Here mentioning we go. conferences, by the way, for the G3 Summit, something I saw announced today and I put in the show notes, there's a link for a discount raffle. Uh, it's at uh, g3summit.com. Um, Conference Fort Lauderdale 2016-11 raffle. So it's anyway, it's a long yes. URL, but but I do have it in the show notes. They're going to raffle off ten tickets for at fifty percent off. The raffle is open until this coming Monday, November seventh. Right, and I'm adding now the um, the link to the Slack registration as well. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. So I don't have to worry about that then. Excellent. Okay, back to where we were. Uh, we mentioned the Rat Pack stuff. Um, I know that there, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name right again. Uh, Chuck Cronje is uh, still. Yeah I, think on, it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's Chuck. Yes. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Cronje. I'll probably get it wrong again. At any rate, he's working on SDK Manager and. One of the in, one of the things he's working on is something that people have wanted for years, but have always run up against Oracle restrictions on, which is he's trying to get it to support JDK releases as well. So that in addition to installing Groovy, Grails, Gradle, Kotlin, Scala, many other things, even Maven, etc., it will also be able to manage different versions of the Java JDK. And and here, fingers crossed, it will be. Awesome! It will be amazing because switching be between versions of of JDK is one of the most painful processes you can experience as a developer. And having SDK man taking care of it will be absolutely awesome. There are some solutions like JEnv, and they are every one of them is 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 more horrible than another. And I believe that will be that will bring. Tons of glory to SDK man, and uh, it will be like it will be a huge hit. I I just run a little script in my shell to switch JDK homes. I have three of them, you know, for different versions of Groovy or Java rather. Well, the thing is, sometimes the JDK home is not enough ah. because tools expect a also a all kind of binaries to be in the path and the jars to be in the class path. Mm. And they not always take it from the JDK home. Sometimes they expect it to be there implicitly. It is much, unfortunately, much more complicated than just changing one environment variable. Okay. I know that JDK 9 is, right at the moment, extremely controversial, especially from the Ruby side, because this move to modules and to making private truly mean private is going to have serious ramifications throughout, well, all existing applications, but especially in things like Gradle. 
Uh, and I know I saw some messages exchanged between uh, Cedric Champeau and, and some of the people working on the JVM itself who were discussing some of these issues and possible workarounds. It looks like it could be a serious, serious problem. Uh, in fact, it could be a serious enough problem that right now I don't see any motivating reason to move to JDK9, you know, to be honest. Uh, now, they've got until the, the planned release is at the end of July next year. I think it's like the 27th yes. of July in 2017. So we'll see how all that works out. Uh, but right now, my experience is, is probably more than half of the people I run into still haven't even moved to Java 8 yet. Or if they have, they haven't taken advantage of any of the new features yet. So we'll see how long they've got until they move to Java 9. And of course, I think the biggest question that I hear more and more is what do we as application developers gain from modularity? It's very clear what the JVM developers get from it. It's, but um, it's at least questionable what will be our benefit. And we start to learn about more and more limitations that we will hit, but I'm not sure the benefits are, are clear enough. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything great. I mean, I, some of the methods they're adding to some of the classes you know, look very promising, but again, not nearly enough to make me want to upgrade from Java 8 to Java 9. But we've got, you know, six, seven, eight months to worry about that. So we'll, we'll talk about that a lot more later. any rate, though, that it's nice that SDK Manager will hopefully be able to correctly manage conversion between JDK versions. Uh, there was a poll that was announced, and I generally don't go in for stuff like that. I mean, they're totally, you know, random, but I suppose... Unless, these, unless we win, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Well, these, it's all about polls these days, right? Again, it's just inescapable. Uh, but there was a poll in German on which JVM languages are you using. I put a link in the show notes there. Uh, the top three as of a couple hours ago, uh, Java 8 was at 69%. So it's a very self-selective group of people voting. But Groovy was in second with 61%, and Scala was in third with 30%, and then they dropped from there. I think fourth was Java 7, and then they go further down. I did not happen to notice where Kotlin fell in that list. Or Felt, I guess, is the keyword right here. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, if you are so inclined, I did put a link in there, and if you do that inside of Google Chrome, you can click a little button, and it'll translate the German for you. Uh, well enough for you to be able to vote without a problem. So, at any rate, there's that. Now, there was also a neat release, something that, that I saw on Twitter, but I haven't heard mentioned elsewhere. Uh, did you see this thing called GeoScript? GeoScript Groovy? Yeah, no, I just saw it uh, after you put it on the show notes, and I, I gave it a look. It looks very neat yeah, for whoever needs Years ago, as I was ramping up in the groovy world, I, I got to know Scott Davis, you know, the uh, inimitable author of the original Groovy Recipes book, among many other things. And at the time, he was working on a true, you know, GIS book, a graphical, geographical information systems. Uh, those are the people who look at people like me who use Google Maps, you know, for programming, and they refer to us as having, I guess, what they call red dot fever just putting red dots on a Google map, whereas they worry about layers and, and geospatial coordinates and all kinds of stuff, very, very powerful stuff. At any rate, I saw that announcement of this GeoScript Groovy 
which is an implementation of a geospatial scripting API for the JVM. They've got implementations in several languages, and they decided to add one in Groovy. And that looks very promising if you're into that sort of stuff. It's, it's not a field that you enter with no learning curve. You know what I mean? It's, it's a significant one. I've met some of the ArcGIS people as well, people who work on things like that. And it's, it's a fascinating field, but it's not a, a shallow one. You know, it goes very deep on a lot of information. It's nice to see them select Groovy as a primary implementation language for their uh, API. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Jeff Brown has a new Grails 3 QuickCast, a new QuickCast from OCI. This one's called Developing Grails 3 Applications with IntelliJ IDEA, which is very nice. I have not, I, I should say that, I, I haven't actually watched the screencast yet. I do plan to. Uh, I've been building Grails 3 apps with IntelliJ for a while. I normally use the Ultimate Edition. I know that because if, if you simply treat this uh, the app as a Gradle app, you can build with the Community edition yes. as well. Yes. So that's yes. Those. This is the. This is the big deal, uh, and uh, that that one actually changed. That for Grails three, uh, you don't need any special support inside your IDE. Uh, it's right there. It's it's based on a, a on the architecture of the framework itself. You don't need any favors from any vendor. So if tomorrow. JetBrains decide to write their uh, a new web framework based on Kotlin and <laughs> abandon uh, Grail support. No, no fear. It will be just fine, just because how Grails works. Grails three works. Well, that will be interesting to see. Then it's certainly a good introduction. I should mention that when that came out, uh, Sergio Del Amo, the in the uh, wonderful author of the the uh, Groovy Calamari newsletter. I think we have a link to in the show notes, right? And, uh, and we thank him for all, for all his contribution to this podcast because half of the decent portion of the show notes usually come from Groovy Calamari. Uh, actually, it's probably about 60, 40, 60% comes from the Grail's diary, right? Exactly. You yes. know, and 40% from that. Well, let's say make him add up to 95 because we probably put in 5% of our own actual content. You know. And that's on top of our charm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, at any rate, Sergio, in addition to his latest Groovy Calamari issue, also wrote a whole series of short, sweet blog posts having to do with Grails 3 and IntelliJ. Uh, I just put links to five of them, uh, how to run Grails 3 apps in IntelliJ with runtime reloading, uh, debugging in IntelliJ, running Grails 3 tests, how to force Grails tests to be in the test environment in IntelliJ, and then using one of those chart libraries, the chart.js library to load dynamic JSON data in a Grails 3 app. Uh, I plan to look through all of them. They're on my list. At any rate, they're in the show notes, so at least I thought I'd mention those now. Uh, he's hard at work on this stuff. Uh, in addition to that, of course, Mr. Hockey did not only write about Rat Pack. He, he also wrote about Groovy and Grails. So I, I got a couple of links there, one on using the identity closure, which was very interesting, and one on interrupted sleeping. I knew, I've been using for years the fact that, that they have a sleep method in Groovy that's basically at, at top level, basically an object. I had no idea that if you return true from the, the closure on the sleep, 
then, or it's not just a time, but also a closure. And if you return true, it will interrupt where it is. I mean, but if you don't return true, it won't. It's just, I had no idea about any of this. Did you know about that? Yeah, so no, I didn't. And that could make a great puzzle, by the way. So uh, our listeners and watchers, if you want to get at least one puzzler right in the next uh, season, Take take a minute and and look the and 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 read this blog post. Uh, generally speaking, one of the better news that uh, I w I was so glad to see is that Mr. Haki is back, uh, starting his uh, um, blog posts again. It's always super fun, super informative. The uh, the ability of um, uh, delivering such a big added value in such a concise blog post is um, shouldn't be taken for granted. For example, probably if I would explain such a feature, it will take me like I don't know how many pages. And he always does it in half a page, and it's super clear, uh, very very valuable. Whoever still not following Mr. Haki on the all of his series definitely should do that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, does a wonderful job with that. Uh, he also did a Grails one as well uh, in the last couple of weeks on how to skip the bootstrap code. I didn't realize there was a convention in Grails 3 on having multiple bootstrap files and following a naming convention and all of that in order to start things up. I, I didn't even know you could do that. I thought we had our one and only bootstrap file, and that's apparently not correct. Uh, mostly I use a bootstrap when I'm developing, when I'm not working with an existing database, you know, when I'm just trying to build up a, a quick model and figure it out. And once my domain model settles down, I switch over to a real database and then use that. And then I don't need the bootstrap so much. But it is nice to know that you can actually, it's just a feature of Grails that I was unaware of before. And as you say, half a page. Now I know all about it. Uh, one other thing, uh, we mentioned last time that that Grails 3 book, uh, Practical Grails 3, is planned. I did hear from Eric on Twitter, who pointed out that the way to pronounce his last name, if I get this right, is uh, Helgeson. So the, the G is as though it was a J, and I don't remember whether that's a soft G or a hard G. I think that's a soft one. But at any rate, it's apparently pronounced Eric Helgeson. Uh, if I get it wrong again, please let me know. Uh, hopefully that book will be coming out soon. I don't know what the status is of that. Uh, I haven't seen any updates, but I imagine the reason we haven't heard from him is because he is hard at work on that book. See, that's the danger that, that Dan Woods fell into that trap. You don't announce books before they're done or people will constantly bug you about it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And with books, the deadlines are always, always sleeping, right? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, this is how it works. I think that's everything that I had. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention? No, no. I think I think that the only the only thing that we missed from the uh, from the show notes, and I already added it or about to edit to edit now, is of course the groovy the groovy podcast. By the way, we can ask Jen. Uh, she's the administrator of. Uh, um, uh, of the of the Slack channel to add a channel for the Groovy podcast. When will people will uh, contribute their news to uh, to the show notes? How about that? Uh, but, uh, as you might notice, it's a, it's a thing. I just try to make people do work for instead of me, right? Um, 
Well, as long as you don't have any expectations that anybody will ever actually do any of that work. Oh, no, no. That's... Uh, I know exactly uh, who our three uh, watchers and two listeners are. We, we're, we're safe. Yeah, but you're telling us, right? Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, I have been to the Slack channel on the day it opened. I made sure I joined. You know, that's by the way for those who are not unaware, that's Jen Strader you're referring to, who yes. is uh, on her um, degree program now at um, in Copenhagen, at the university there, uh, working on her her masters there, and it's groovy related. So she's finding time to help administer the Slack channel there. Uh, she was certainly sending out the invites and handling that process. Yeah, that'd be great if uh, we could actually create a channel for the Groovy Podcast, but uh, I'll leave that to you to check that on a regular basis. Mostly you can reach me on Twitter. Of course, you can reach Groovy Podcast on Twitter. We're at Groovy Podcast. Nice and simple. We haven't yeah, yet Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's 140 characters, and if people are going to donate their news, it'll probably be something significant. So Slack channel is definitely the way to go. I love well, it. Well, I'll put a link, you know, to whatever it is that we want to see, I imagine. But at any rate, um, I don't have anything clever uh, to, to tie everything up for the end today. I don't have anything I can think of. Again, mostly I'm waiting for a World Series Game 7 tonight, you know, and, and trying to just survive the election. I've got too many other things going on uh, <laughs> that hopefully will distract me from all this. Uh, what's the calendar look like? I think we have um, the, the G3 Summit is in... Uh, the the end right after it's, Thanksgiving. It's uh, it's in exactly one month, just just under one month. It will end in one month. So we may be able to squeeze in a podcast in a couple of weeks before that. Uh, we should. We'll, we'll definitely do one from the G three summit. You know. Oh so. yes, absolutely. With, with all the with all the stars and all the celebs of our community, uh, they all will be there, and of course we will interview them. And uh, mostly we'll have fun of Kotlin. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a news-based podcast in a couple of weeks. And then when we go for the G3 Summit, as you say, it'll all be uh, highlighting the real stars in the Groovy community, give them a chance to uh, say hi on the podcast to everybody. Yes. That and, sounds... and we'll be there too, right. Exactly. Yes. And okay. we'll just sit around, you know, providing mics and, and recording and all the stuff. Excellent. Uh, well, it was good to see you again. I uh, hope you're doing well. I, I'm doing just fine. I have a great fun with all this election madness just because I cannot vote. So I'm just an observer and try to enjoy it as much as well, possible. Well, look, I voted a week ago, and it, it, it's not helping. I, I want to be able to turn it all off now, you know, and it's just I've not been able to find a mechanism to do that. It's just, this is, I mean, this is my ninth presidential election cycle in my life where I got a chance to vote. And this is by far the most miserable experience of, of any of them without, without any competition whatsoever. I just want it to be over, you know. Uh, but by the time we talk again, it will be. It will be. Yeah, one way or for, another. For, uh, yeah, I wanted to say for better or worse, but I don't see the better in it. So one, one way or another is the, is the way to put it. Okay, well, we promise to be more uh, upbeat about the world and everything on our next podcast, uh, but we'll focus <laughs> on the groovy stuff, and that, that's, that's much better. So uh, All right. okay. you got your sign there, too? Remember your, your on-air sign? Yes, let's you do it off. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll hit the stop button. So thank no, you. No, wait, I need, to, I need to do it first. Okay, so everybody, uh, goodbye. Um, I'll, 
you will see me and hear me in two weeks and i will see you in a, in a month off Thank air you. bam <laughs>